You're listening to the Whistle Pulse podcast with me, Laura Hanlon, keeping your finger on the pulse with all the local info you need to know every Tuesday and Friday morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Ah, well, thank you for asking. I am very excited to bring you your Friday edition of The Whistler Pulse, which includes a very special guest in the local lounge. Uh, yeah, so hang tight for that because you could also win yourself a super tasty four pack of the Alpinist from Coast Mountain Brewing. So hang tight on today's episode. Lots of info for you at oh, 7.50 in the morning. On November 19th, happy Friday to you. It is a beautiful sunrise out there. In fact, sunrise today was at 7.32, but I've been up early. I've been polishing off, like I said, that local lounge for you today and making sure I can give you as much info for your weekend, including the fact that sunset tonight is at 4.23. Ouch. But how about that mountain weather? Webcams this morning showing a beautiful, beautiful sunrise, a full moon as well, lingering over the, uh, well, looks more like towards Mount Fee and Kaylee this morning. But did you see the uh, blood moon? lunar eclipse last night. A couple people did. I didn't stay up for it, unfortunately. I was getting up early, but apparently somebody in town, in fact, a local DJ, was uh, able to see it through the skylight (laughs) from bed. That's a great way to view an eclipse, if you ask me. But more about that shortly, because mountain temperatures-wise, it is chilly up there. I say chilly. It's uh, for this time in November, really promising to see, especially for the snowmaking that is going to be well underway this week with the cooler temperatures as well, looking at minus nine at Pig Alley, where the temperature in the valley right now as well is rocking at mm, minus 6.4 as of 7 a.m. anyway, minus 6.4, but on the valley, up the valley. (laughs) at elevation in the Alpine around minus seven. And calm winds are maybe at around 20, 30 Ks an hour this morning. And like I said, cool temperatures. And for the week, that's kind of what we're expecting. There's a high pressure system actually over the Pacific off the coast of like Washington. And uh, that's giving us some clearish weather. Uh, The chance of flurries though, but uh, not quite like yesterday. Yesterday was... uh, Oh, beautiful. I hope you got to enjoy the snow. I walked into the village. It was lovely. And we do have just, well, six more sleeps until open day. I know you're excited too. But looking for slightly warmer temperatures come Monday, Tuesday, and a potential for another front and snow, uh, more accumulations to come in sort of Wednesday at this point. More accurate information going into next week. But don't expect major accumulations over the next couple of days. Mm, that's what I'm seeing anyway. Uh, oh, that's what I'm making out. But yeah, beautiful. Enjoy the clearer skies that we're going to be having. Cooler nights, therefore, in particular in the valley. Looking at sort of minus seven, uh, yeah, was our temperature overnight this morning. will be a little milder. Looking at maybe just even as warm as zero and minus one over the next few nights. So despite some clear skies, uh, clearer skies, there could still be in the valley, some flurries uh, come Monday, Tuesday in particular. But over the weekend, today, tomorrow, looking for clearer skies and just the threat of very light flurries. 
Mm. I'll give you a record uh, for you here. You know, the lowest temperature recorded on November 19th was minus 16.5 back in 1985. Brr. So uh, there's a few things that we need to talk about. Here's a a brief rundown on the weather for you. Like I said, uh, looking for a lot of snowmaking over the next week. But obviously with our current state of emergency in BC and it really... Uh, hitting home a, a lot of things for us, especially in our community with just one road in and out of town, like the infrastructure and how fragile it really can be. There's a couple things too that I want to let you know about, including, uh, I've said it before, but uh, how much do you have in your car, you know, in case of an emergency? Like I always have a four litre bottle of water, an extra blanket. I've got, you know, my emergency car kit, which includes flares, gloves, uh, even a, a compression pump, but all sorts, uh, including snacks. Absolutely a crucial thing to have in your car at this time of year. And with bears hibernating, it's not a worry about them trying to get in your car for the snacks. Granola bars, anything, maybe even a little stove so you can heat up a can of soup in in all eventualities. Make sure you prep your car. And the municipality are actually encouraging that too in the form of like a 72-hour emergency kit. Do you have enough for 72 hours worth of emergency, not just in your car, but at home? So I'll get onto that more in a second because on the news this morning from CTV, uh, the uh, Deputy Premier Mike Farnworth said that an order limiting some non-essential travel is expected to be issued in the coming days. And that means that the government will be leveraging special powers as they did during the pandemic, a pandemic, which is granted by that state of emergency declared earlier this week to restrict travel on highways and routes affected by the huge storm that came through on the weekend. So it's very much dependent on how roads are being cleared and being made available to be open, he said. It may be single lane or alternating traffic, and obviously you want to ensure that the priority is for commercial vehicles, essential traffic, and so the restriction could be in place in those particular locations. Okay, so expect more to come through on that. However, I'm sure you've been keeping atop of the uh, search and rescue still undergoing on the Duffy after yeah, such terrible. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I know that you're keeping abreast on that horrible accident where a second mudslide took vehicles over and off the road. And so Pemberton Search and Rescue issued a warning about the Hurley yesterday as well, as search and rescue efforts are still ongoing on the Duffy and a, and a road closure, an estimation or assessment of, being, of reopening still not being released. They are saying, do not tra- attempt to travel on the Hurley FSR or the High line, in fact, because vehicles are getting stuck. So wait until the main highways reopen. You are putting a strain on search and rescue resources at this time, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, lots to, to really be aware of there, you know, especially with an announcement and a realistic announcement at that. During the winter months, of course, as well, the, the Coquihalla repair could and will take months. So there's lots that's going to be affecting us uh, locally and our friends elsewhere, particularly in the interior. And, you know, there's talk already of panic buying, but a reminder from the government and everybody else as well to only buy what you need, you know, to not put a strain and and panic about things, you know. Uh, you know, we can always make do without toilet paper if really need be. Yeah. Um, okay, enough about that, right? 
You want to hear about some Whistler events? Okay, I'll do it. Because there's a, a very special event for many people in this town, in the biking community, uh, that, especially those that knew Stevie Smith. And there will be at the Murray Young Arts Centre tomorrow evening a film screening of Long Live Chainsaw. And there are two screenings, one at 5.30, one at 8.30, and tickets are available online for youths and adults. And he was a Canadian downhill mountain bike legend in his very short life and it's uh i know it's gonna have there's gonna be no dry eyes in that theater and for everybody that knew him i uh i hope it brings back a lot of fond memories i'm sorry I know it's going to be bittersweet to see that, but a great opportunity to learn more about a very influential rider in the Canadian biking scene. That's Stevie Smith, and that's tomorrow at the Murray Young Arts Centre for two showings. There's a few things happening at the library. Well, there's a photography for beginners, actually, course happening tonight, some writing as well, uh, workshops happening, including one, uh, oh, no. Wait, oh, photography for beginners was yesterday, my bad. Writing for the fun of it is happening tonight now, uh, including the outreach, though, during the day between 12 and 5. Dan Knox will be at the library as part of the Whistler Community Services Society's outreach program, an amazing opportunity to chat with an outreach worker about anything that's affecting you, uh, a wonderful resource in our town. Barbed Choir is happening in person this Sunday, uh, a return to in-person events happening between 7 and 8. 8.30 on Sunday night and our community book club that happens on, uh, well, often the last Monday of the month, free to attend and it often happens online. It's a virtual session, uh, but there are details of the in-person session as well online. This uh, and to be in the fireplace lounge, by the way, between 7 and 8.30. This is Monday. And they're discussing the Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And if you're new to the the program the book club and what that offers there's uh, not going to be a meeting in december it'll be returning in january to discuss see no stranger a memoir and manifesto of revolutionary love by valerie Kaur. Kaur? Kaur, pardon me and if you aren't able to pick up a copy of the, these books from the community book club at the library you can always buy them at armchair books and receive a 15 uh, receive 15 off the price a really fantastic opportunity to get to know people and discuss some literature here in town and you know what else is happening this weekend? A really cool opportunity to discover skeleton or bobsleigh. This is happening at the Whistler Sliding Center on, uh, well, this weekend, today, uh, tomorrow, uh, between 1.30 and 3.30. There are three other dates as well for the winter, including December 26th, January 23rd, and February 20th. But if you're a Canadian resident aged between 14 and 25, you can actually receive, to, you can do this session at a very special price of just 55 buckaroos and it is a phenomenal uh, opportunity to try it and do it because I've had the privilege of doing the skeleton and when you do the skeleton you get to reach up to 100 k's an hour you go head first not only do you do it once you do it twice so you get a total adrenaline rush twice in one day and these select days to really discover this uh this these sports bobsleigh and skeleton it's an incredible opportunity and one you really uh, should utilize whilst you're here in Whistler to have that fantastic Olympic facility at, uh, yeah, not our disposal, but our ability to use it and try it. 
don't miss it. It's amazing. And so Discover Skeleton tomorrow, along with Discover Bobsleigh. Check out more details on the Whistler Sport Legacies website. I've got some... <laughs> A job opportunity online that caught a lot of people's attention, Eighteen fifty an hour to manage somebody's Tinder profile. It's just too much for them, apparently. Well, uh, 401 likes says, uh, I think that got you a bit of traction, Sam. Well done. Uh, another cool post I've seen online, and I think I know this coyote. I've seen him uh, or her in and around town as well. In fact, made an appearance on a FaceTime to my sister a few months back, and quite a few names somebody's asking, oh, what do you name and call the coyote that hangs around the upper village in Daylots? And uh, someone says Daryl. Okay, I like that, Steph. It's a good name for a coyote, but uh, a friendly neighborhood coyote, not to be, of course, mistaken for a non-wild creature, very much, of course, adapting to urban life as, you know, the resort's development is encroached on its natural habitat, but do not take a coyote for granted by any means, especially if you have small dogs about. No, no, no. Ah, you know that the uh, BC transit schedule changes tomorrow. Well, thanks for the reminder there, Tanya, online. That transit schedule changes tomorrow. New schedule kicks in, which often means improved and more services throughout the, uh, throughout the winter. So check that out as well. And I mentioned this from the House Sound Women's Centre the other day on Tuesday. I'm going to do it again because I actually had a lot of fun filling a bag. They've got a fill a bag project. And, you, you know, I've been filling it with all sorts, you know, shampoo, conditioner, toothbrushes, but I've put in... Uh, uh, well, uh, even some little earrings, nail polishes, uh, chapstick, uh, warm items, and have had a lot of fun doing that. And you, uh, they're accepting donations by up until December 20th. More information online about their filler bag project, along with the initiative coming from Zero Ceiling Society this winter. And that's their family, family dinner meal box. And this got a lot of attention last year. It's a family meal box for two, and you can purchase them for somebody else online in advance and they sold out last year a really great initiative to give, do the gift of giving as well this year it's a three course meal that can feed up to two people from some of Whistler's finest chefs and uh, if you can find more about Zero Ceiling and that nonprofit online as well I mentioned it earlier, I'm going to do it again, about the question of, are you prepared for be, to be self-reliant for up to 72 hours in an emergency? You know, that, no, this has uh, sparked a lot of us to, to think about that. Like I said, packing the car, but also having a bag at home that's good to go. Have you backed up your items? We do this in fire season, but always good to refresh in the winter and get warmer items in there. You know, down vests or jackets you might not use all the time. Have a bag that's good to go and always keep your car with with at least half a tank of gas in it, you know? That's a really important one as well at this time of year. Mm. I've uh, I got an invitation yesterday because there are some advanced preview tickets for the Arts Whistler's latest, uh, well, A Return to Comedy, which is really great to see. I love that Dave Francis is going to be in this as well. And I think Julie Sakamoto, Ira Petal, Rebecca Mason, and that's the Arts Whistler's Laugh Out Live improv comedy that's going to be happening on Thursday evenings. So lots of sketch, stand-up comedy, improv, which will be really amazing to see. It's kicking off on December 9th. There's two showings that you can really get advanced tickets for right now, December 9th and 16th. More information from Arts Whistler about that online, including an article from The Peak here about a meeting that happened with, uh, well, a budget-oriented meeting yesterday. And there will be actually a 6.72% tax increase 
in 2022. This is proposed by the RMOW after a just 1.8% increase uh, last year in 2020. So more information though on that online from Peak News Magazine. You can look into that more and how that could affect you. So Let's have a look whose birthday it is. I mentioned a couple the other day, didn't I, including Chuck Renault Roy's birthday. But a few people, a few Whistler Wright's birthdays coming up, including, oh, there's a photo of me with uh, a, a, a birthday. Yeah. Anyway, Amanda Barchuk and, of course, her twins' uh, birthday is tomorrow. Jojo Van Engelsdorp, Eric Nielsen, you'll remember, a wonderful Swede from the Whistler grocery store. He's gone. He's no, uh, he's no longer in town, but happy birthday to him in his absence. A few people like Crystal Dawn, too. Nicola McClover's coming up. But if I ever miss a birthday or I don't have it on my radar, you know, get in touch thewhistlepulse at gmail.com. More than happy to give a shout out to somebody. But I do want to do, of course, our daily feature, some throwback facts from the amazing Stinkies on the stroll. I did get confirmation yesterday that the Niners kicked ass on Sunday. Thank you, Stinky. I <laughs> uh, should have kept a top of that. But here's a fact for you. Uh, the, yeah, from this day in 1863, four score and seven years ago. Well, that's the beginning of the Gettysburg Address that Abraham Lincoln uh, delivered on this day. Yeah, in 1863, pardon me. Uh, Apollo 12's Charles Conrad and Alan Bean became the third and fourth humans on the moon on this day in 1969. Oh, yeah, true fact. And I read this one uh, from 1953. Did you know that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled, and this was in favor 7-2, that baseball is a sport and not a business? Yeah. I know. Crazy. I never knew that. And here's one that will really blow your mind from 1997. McCaughey uh, septuplets were born in Des Moines, Iowa. That's the first set of septuplets to survive infancy. Oh, makes me... uh Makes me squeeze my legs, that one. Septuplets? No. Oh, boy. A couple birthdays in uh, the music world today, including uh, uh, Joe Hunter's. He was born in the state in 1927, and Joe Hunter was a musician, a very influential musician in the Motown movement. Gave, really crafted the distinctive Motown sound. He was one of the funk brothers. He performed with uh, Marvin Gaye, Smokey Robinson, Martha and the Vandellas. Like, yeah, it's his birthday today. He unfortunately passed in 2007. But it was also Matt Sorum's birthday. Do you know who Matt Sorum is? No? He joined Guns N' Roses after Stephen Adler uh, uh, left. Well, he was his replacement. And then he, of course, played with Slash's Snake Pit, Velvet Revolver. But his birthday as well today. And Bon Jovi were number one on this day in 1988 with Bad Medicine. Hell of a tune, that one. Yeah, right? You know what else is a tune? Uh, the track of the day today that's in the November Pick and Miss playlist on Spotify from the Whistle Pulse. Well, it's from a Jamaican singer, rapper, songwriter called Coffee. Uh, that's her stage moniker, but her real name is Michaela Simpson. She's from Spanish town in Jamaica and is just 21 years old. And she had an EP that she brought out in 2017 called Rapture. And I'm really loving her track Throne, a, a really short reggae number. I hope you dig as well. Check it out online. Super fun. And I'll end with a joke here because it's 8.09. I want to make sure we, uh, we haven't stretched your ear too long because Chad Sayers is joining us in the local lounge today, and you don't want to miss it. What a phenomenal life and uh, and character that I'm sure you're going to hear. I'll enjoy hearing some stories, but 
here's the joke. St. Francis worked at Krispy Kreme, you know. Yeah, he was a deep fryer. (laughs) I didn't say it was good. I might have to stop doing the jokes, but happy Friday to you. Like I said, stay tuned. Enjoy this week's Local Lounge. Chad Sayers, such a pleasure to have you here. And hang tight, stay tuned, listen in, because you could win yourself a four-pack of Coastman and Brewing's The Alpinist. The Pulse Local Lounge. I am great, Uh, especially because we just caught up off air. Little does everybody know we're about to share details of your life here, but we just had a nice little catch up, didn't we? We sure did. Well, we really did. I wish we could have stayed longer, but we were out of hot drinks. Hmm. So true. Yeah, so true. But, but not out of stories, were we? No, definitely not. And you have so many from 60 countries visited. Is that right? 60? Well, I guess so. It's, I, 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 I sounds about right. Wow. There could be more, there could be less, but... Yeah. Uh, but it's been enough adventure uh, for now, that's for sure. Well, this, you know, why not squeeze in a couple more if you can? But let's give you an intro, because for, for everybody tuning into the local lounge today, they might not know as much about you as I do, because uh, we've known each other for years, but you originally... Uh, you came to skiing a little late in life. You you were a hockey player. Uh, but is that right? That's true. I mean, I did. I kind of did a little bit of everything growing up. Mm-hmm. Country boy in, in uh, Ontario. I grew up playing hockey and playing soccer and riding dirt bikes and running track and field and all that, all kinds of stuff. Everything. So, yeah. yeah. You, you've been an athlete since the get-go, but you came to skiing at 16 at Silver Star. But when you... Uh, yeah, yeah, to do a full intro, by the way, this is Chad Sayers, <laughs> uh, pro skier and, well, mountain climber, surfer. You've got so many quivers to your bow. Uh, is, that the, is that the right term? Arrows to your quiver? Arrows I to would, your quiver. So That sounds... Yes, that sounds mm-hmm. about... Um, well, I feel that intro follows a bit, falls a bit short because you are a traveler and travel photographer too, which is what, which is what your incredible new book, Overexposure, really explores, right? But you mentioned the, one of your first stories about how you started off, you know, as a pro skier coming here to Whistler was with Paul Morrison. So tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, kind of discovered skiing a little bit later in life at 16 and, and grew up at Silver Star, you know, ripping around with the freestyle club. And, mm. and, and then when I kind of got out of school and I decided to, that I would head this way to Whistler and Paul was always a photographer that I had admired, you know, mm. in, in some of the world's best magazines and, and um, just working with, with the top athletes at, at that time. And, so yeah, I, I kind of came to Whistler and decided I would give cold call Paul and uh, and just yeah try and catch up with him and ski in front of his lens. And, wow. Yeah. So mm. 
So, and you had a, you had a relationship, uh, you know, like you said, a friendship, but uh, a, a relationship as well with getting shots for Powder Magazine, you know, like SBC Skiers, probably where you met Leslie Anthony, who had a major contribution to your book, Overexposure, that we're going to talk about shortly. But gosh, I mean, your ski career, it spans so many countries, so many publications, and and a real change in the industry, you know, you where now you have social media really affecting, say, sponsorships or contracts and how easily, you know, people are taking photographs now. That must have, you must have seen such a shift in your time. Yeah, yeah, I have. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm not Mike Douglas, but I, <laughs> I, I, when I was making my mark in, in the industry, yeah, there was no social media and it was all about skiing hard and competing and, and just being out there and, and soul skiing mm-hmm. and trying to make your mark through the the art and essence of just of soul skiing and and uh and mm-hmm. so I was learning about the industry and tried to find my my niche so to speak and find a way to 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 not not just stand out but make a uh, get a foot in the door make a career out of it yeah uh, and now obviously times are very very different in all regards you know whether it's film, you're a film athlete or or doing uh, more feature fil- photo work or as a competitive athlete, here mm. uh, or or park and pipe, whatever it may be. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I was really blessed to come into the to skiing and and kind of get in to the industry at a really like crucial time and exciting time. And and thankfully, I'm still hanging on. Mm. Uh, and but but to comment on on of course Leslie Anthony, yeah, I mean he you know, that, that's somebody that has written a, a few books about skiing and has been writing and involved in the industry for a really mm-hmm. long time. And, and I had always known Leslie, you know, from my early years in 2000, moving to Whistler, but yeah, he became a big part of, of my book, uh, mm. and, and really, um, helped me a lot, out a lot with that. Which you should be so proud of. I know I've already congratulated you, but to to build such a beautiful photo book that documents your life, your 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 personal adventures and journey, and so and captures so much of yourself as well. You must be absolutely thrilled to to finally see it in in a hardback. See it, you know, page to page. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a bit of a relief. <laughs> And I, I feel a lot lighter. <laughs> I've gotten some of it out because I was very overwhelmed for many years. And I, you know, for many reasons and not just from skiing and being injured and experiencing many ski cultures and, mm. but, and, and the friendships too. I mean, it's just so much emotion that can go along with, with it. Um, for me anyways, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I felt like I eventually at one point really needed to share a little bit about my personal life and my story, you know, as a skier and as a traveler Mm. and and just as a human. And that's, that's, that's such a big part of it. Like it's not just about, yeah, going out to these locations, uh, for, for the shot, for the project, like the way you've really immersed yourself in, in cultures and places that you visited is because you're a traveler, like, you know, at heart, like that's a huge part of who you are, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. And I was traveler and a photographer before I was even a skier. Mm. And I, yeah, just kind of had a taste of life and culture and adventure when I was out of high school. And I, that's the path that I was just totally drawn to. And it was really obvious mm. for me. And, and it just, 
not being much of a scholar and more of a visual person, it became more of a spiritual kind of person as well. I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of be out in the world. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And then with, with the, you know, and, and it evolved over, over time, you know, the more opportunities and support I had through skiing, it, it definitely gave me the opportunity to travel more and travel for myself and other passions that I had that right. were separate than from skiing, you know? Mm. But yeah, I, I just started really living it. And it was really in a way what I was making, like being, you know, it was my career. Mm. I, like I was just trapped traveling and and representing you know certain people that were supporting that because mm. when we were chatting earlier we brought up um your your journaling uh and this came up just in conversation just last week actually uh kind of online um with me about you know how we capture a lot of memories now on our digital devices our phones you know and we uh, sometimes forget to say live in the moment and enjoy those memories you know we we're so eager to capture them as a culture as a society you know on our phones and somebody commented that you know what they still journal and it's their way for them to relive their their memory their emotion like you know for them to re-empathize with that memory and you've journaled for for years you you did that for you did journal for a lot of years but I remember meeting you so bumping into you in Creekside and you just lost your your primitive as it were a primal first version of overexposure it had fallen off the back of your car <laughs> So how important has journaling and other ways of keeping your memories alive been been important and how has that evolved over the years? Yeah, good good question. I was journaling for a long time and I was quite, I guess, romantic with it, so to speak. Mm. I felt like it was a really, I was experiencing so many really uh, amazing and, and heartfelt things, I guess. Um, and I, I just, yeah, I just started writing everything down and kind of trying to express myself there knowing that I was planning to do a book at some point but I was just uneducated and I didn't really know how to go about it but it was something that I really loved to do and then and then uh I I haven't been journaling for quite quite some time now because I I just have more uh where I had more of a it was a transition where I was like okay I mean I could doodle around here I could mm. really start writing this book and I so I got into writing vignettes in, in on my computer and collecting them and, and, right. and on. but but the um I was so full I guess of of life that I I just needed a place to to put it um because I I did learn a long time ago it's like not everybody was had the freedom I had um so to speak and mm. even closest friends and they didn't really want to hear about my adventures after a while <laughs> I just so I became a bit more silent and I was just more like sharing them uh, within myself and right. and then I and planning to do the book at some point which evolved over many years I did it took eight years for my team Taylor Godber Leslie Anthony and Amelie Laguerre to put this book together so it was mm-hmm. quite a process and then I, I was on my own little journey trying to figure out what the story was, was going to be for long <laughs> before that <laughs> which never it actually it was never ending but it became so obvious at some point right because the book wasn't meant to be about my travel photography and not about my ski career and then and then it just it, that's just how it, came, it happened you know mm-hmm. there an event that took place and it was like oh right this is about you as a skier not as a 
photographer. <laughs> but, but it involves your, you know, you as a surfer as well. Um, and climbing really comes into that too. But I wonder if you want to, we, we already kind of chatted about it, but uh, I think a lot of Whistlerites and listeners can really relate to having feet trouble. Like I've got one toenail, it's it's just not the same <laughs> and it never will be. <laughs> and for a lot of people in town, you know, bone spurs, funky toenails, the whole shebang is, is just a normal part of the life, right? You know, you get all excited to uh, wear sandals and show off your nasty toes in the summer, but, uh, and then relive the pain, but you, you know that, you know, suffering. And it happened on Baffin Island in particular. You want to tell us about that? <laughs> oh yeah. One of many. Mm, uh, I believe it. Sure. I was doing a film series with, with, uh, Jordan Manley, Here's mm. uh, journey for a long time. And Baffin Island was one of our, our, uh, 12, featured films and, and expeditions. For anybody who's been to the Arctic, it's, it's, it's cold and it's always cold and uh, it's wild and remote and just surreal. And some, well, one day in particular, we, we were walking, you know, really long distance from our camp uh, in definitely minus 30 conditions to climb and ski this couloir. And, but it, you know, we were out, we were out in the cold for about 15 hours and, and I just froze my feet so bad that oh, I had to attend for five days after to try and convince myself that I was mm. going to be okay or, you know, or let things thaw out, so to speak. Wow. I mean, not only did, did you confirm that your feet weren't the same for like years, you know, like all the nerve damage you get, but you failed to mention that you were holding on to a loaded rifle for that entire time. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting in my tent. Well, everybody was out skiing. Uh, with a, yeah, with a loaded gun. Yeah, in case a polar bear walked in the camp, because that's just the reality of that place. Sure. There's polar. Did you that, did you ever encounter a polar bear whilst you were there? No, but we saw tracks. Right. Um, it was incredible. You know, mm. walking that frozen ice and and it just it, it's such a vast place. You know, you you look across a fjord and and you see mountains, but they're like you know thirty kilometers away and right. like they're right in front of you you know mm. so the scale is just off the charts and when we would often go and walk to these kuars we were climbing we would see polar bear tracks along the way and wow. uh, and so you know it's kind of fascinating to to we we didn't see any but um we were prepared for sure. it but yeah yeah they, they were out there Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. What a, what a special memory. And there's so many that, uh, I can't wait to, to see and read more of in your book, Overexposure. But, uh, I know Darren McPeak at Mountain FM has already asked you, like, where is one of your favorite places to ski? You can't, you can't, you're not going to be able to just narrow it down, but because you've been to so many places, I know you love the Alps, but is there anywhere that maybe this year in particular you want to revisit or that you're really excited? to ski mm. Mm. yes well i you know there's so many places that i i have enjoyed and really like connected with um ski destinations ski cultures mm. i visited back and, and became a part of you know many times um i of course love skiing here at whistler black home yeah just uh times have changed uh, yeah so, but uh the skiing <laughs> hasn't and it's just an awesome place to to call home yeah. but i i do you know 
very often for me because I I'm still involved in the in the game so to speak or in in the ski industry and I'm you know most of my skiing is you know documented whether it's filming or photos or on a feature mm. there's always a project often attached to it but there's a place in the in the French Alps La Grave that is seems to be that place that I always dream of and and it usually is a place where I go and soul ski mm. and so yeah I, I would say uh, for many reasons the people the freedom and the just the, the skiing itself you know that just that freedom and free spirit that we all feel when when we go and ski in Le Grave is what draw keeps drawing me back yeah yeah wow. um yeah Wow. I wonder if there's anything else. Well, there's so much. This is it. I think everybody just needs to get your beautiful book and and learn more about you and what there is to skiing because I I did cheat and I did open up my copy and and see what you signed in there. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's fair to say, I don't know, do you feel like you lived your dreams? Mm, that you still are. Oh yeah, no, I I did. I I felt I feel so blessed uh, that I've survived it. Actually, um, <laughs> but I <laughs> not without a few injuries though. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's inevitable for us skiers. But I yeah, I I sure did, and I I feel like what was special for me in a lot of ways was I had epiphanies very often, and I envisioned myself in certain moments and places and achieving certain things and I'm not the big ski film star guy you know or I you know I never was but I I definitely had certain sensations and and moments that I really wanted to live out Mm, mm. and experience and they were dreams and I have lived them most of them so I that's just like no matter what aspect of life you're chasing down or trying to navigate to when you put when you attach a dream to it, you know, mm. it just so much more meaning. yeah. meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I, for one, I'm so very glad I was introduced to you. I was working with uh, Pat and Greg, for Pat and Greg Griffith at the Mountain Moments Gallery, and they introduced me to you. And then it was when Amy and I were heading to Tofino, we picked you up hitchbiking. We had the best yarn heading down to Squamish. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. When I was carless. Yeah. 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 There was no need for car for a while. And, uh, and that's right. We had a nice time, and and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Wow. And uh, I know you're you're currently rehabbing a bit of shoulder uh, trouble, se- uh, shep- separated shoulder. So you've got that to attend to. But uh, yeah, it looks like yeah. hopefully oh, you can. Oh, that's my opportunity to say thanks to the guy who cheap shotted me actually on the ice that that Ooh. night. <laughs> little <laughs> did, did he? he know? Little did he know. <laughs> toddler i had i and then that was the last thing i needed to deal with oh man it's it's true beautiful little aya uh yeah that's uh it's gonna it must have been hard to lift her recently yeah yeah oh Oh, the guy who gave you a cheap shot that's too (laughs) funny are you sending him the physio bills No, I'm definitely going to slash him in the foot. <laughs> Retaliation is key. Yeah. You still got the hockey spirit from, uh, yeah, still playing hockey. That's great. <laughs> it's definitely the best thing you can do preseason skiing, I think. Yeah, great. Yeah. Great call. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm, well, that's why it's so easy to trans. Or I know you said before it's so easy to transition from hockey or the principle of edging to skiing. Funny that you say that though, because I don't. I the same hasn't applied for me going from skiing to uh, to hockey to ice skating. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I grew up in England, mate, and I remember seeing somebody lose the tops of their fingers at the ice skating rink. I'm scarred for life. <laughs> You're just trying to put the skates on. Oh, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably hard. The other way around would be a bit harder, but it, it is it is good to learn how to, you know, skiing, uh, hockey uh, complements the skiing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Hey, there we go. Top top tip from a pro skier on pre on early season training. I love it. Yeah, yeah hockey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, great. I, I, I hear you're still an Oilers fan, so uh, I, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but uh, Chad, I can't wait to ski with you. See you more often on the hill this year, and uh, and for for everybody to be talking and and sharing and, and reading more about your inspiring book. Congratulations! Yeah. Oh wow! Thank you, Laura. That's so sweet of you. Yeah. Ni- nice to chat with you and. Sure, yeah, hope to ski with you soon. For sure, for sure. Hey, T-minus one week. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Well, take care, Chad. Can't wait to see you super soon. Thank you. Same with you. Yeah, take care. Overexposure is available at Armchair Books and online. Thanks so much, Chad, for joining us on the Local Lounge and for giving one lucky listener the opportunity to win a delicious four-pack of Coast Mountain Brewing's latest release, The Alpinist, a West Coast double IPA, which uh, can sneak up on you at 9%, but it is delicious. And you can win a pack by answering this question. On Baffin Island, the sub-minus Arctic temperatures weren't the only thing that Chad had to worry about. What else did he have to, uh, well, uh, worry about encountering? Let me know at the whistlepulse at gmail.com. First person to answer in gets a super juicy, super tasty, delicious IPA Alpinist four-pack from Coast Mountain Brewing. The Whistle Pulse podcast is here for you every Tuesday and Friday morning in the summer at around 8.15ish and is sponsored by Stinkies on the Stroll. Strolling down for all your hunger, thirst, sporting and apres needs.